0: Welcome to Conscious Conversations, a podcast where we dive deep to uncover our true potential and meaning to live a life of abundance, passion, and purpose. Hi, I'm your host, V Aurora. So I have the privilege today of being joined by uh, Dr. Kat Liedler, um, who actually I met a few years ago, and um, she, funny enough, interviewed me for an article which actually i i recall reading and taking a lot away and it definitely impacted me and i thought why not bring her back onto conscious conversations and today talk about sleep so let me tell you a little bit about um about cat so she's an author a specialist in sleep the circadian rhythm and fatigue she's founder and director of sleep services at somnia and author of the book sleep sense and cat really just simply she helps People improve their sleep and their lives in the full. And sleep is such an important part of our life. But if we think about what's happened over the last three years with everything that's gone globally and is continuing to, you know, it's impacting everyone's sleep in one way or another. We're, we're worried. We have anxiety. Um, we're going to touch on excitement as well in sleep. Um, but before we do, Kat, um, if you could share a little bit about yourself first for the audience, and then I'd love for you to then follow through with, you know, as I mentioned, you know, what's been happening over the last three is massive disrupt globally. Um, no doubt, in your work, you've come across people that may have come to you as saying, "What do I do?"
1: Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> there are quite quite a number of them. Um, so the work I do is that I work with individuals, sometimes group, but mainly with individuals. Um, really for more walks of life, who are struggling with their sleep. And the vast majority, they have disrupted sleep and they have insomnia. And, and insomnia is a bit of an umbrella term. But it means, you know, you either struggle to fall asleep or you wake up during the night and then find it hard to get back. Um, and obviously, you know, that lack of sleep then has an impact on how you feel, your performance, your well, all your interactions, really, the next day. Um, And so what I do is, yeah, figuring out, okay, what's kind of what's causing this, the poor sleep or what's contributing to it? Um, What can we change? What can't we change? But then also there's often an element where there's this busy mind. Um, And like you just mentioned a moment ago, you know, anxiety, worry. Sometimes it's just the to-do list, you know, or it is, yeah, the excitement, you know, it could be planning a birthday party. But in the middle of the night, it's like the biggest, loudest thing. Um, and that sort of makes it hard to to get to sleep. So then we look at okay, so how how else can I risk a busy and related to that also, you know, sort of tension or arousal in, in the body? Um and and you mentioned this, yeah, the last few years, you know, this yeah, global change in many, many ways. Um yeah has affected all of us that's not to say we are all worrying or anxious but I think there is a collective burden on our shoulders um in one way or another we are all impacted by this um and you know that that this stress because that's what it is yeah right? this stress for many people affects their sleep. um the day-to-day worries very often um and the sometimes sort of vicious thing about poor sleep is it can um, develop a life of its own. So you worry about one thing and let's just say that birthday party, right? That you have to organize. (laughs) um, And you do that birthday party and it's just, you know, success. Everyone is happy. Great. And uh, sort of you think, okay, now I can get back to normal sleep. But if, what if I don't get back to normal sleep, I can't feel like this. I've been feeling rubbish for the last three, three days. Surely I must sleep now. And then the worry about not sleeping takes over mm-hmm. right and that's that vicious cycle for for many people
0: now I mean it's interesting you say that because we've all fallen I think globally everyone's fallen into that vicious cycle in one way or another and there's this impetus I've seen in a lot of people that you know uh, sleep is a luxury and actually that's time that I've wasted because especially entrepreneurs or anyone that's you know, uh, juggling two or three sources of income, like I am, we all are trying trying to make ends meet, but you know, always interested in doing something or another. But sleep plays a really important part in our physiology and our well-being and our health, and also in, in our cognitive thinking. I mean, from your work, how how have you found that when working with clients, when working with people that come to you with a problem, they say, I can't sleep, or the fact is I only sleep four hours a night because that's all I need, right? How do you change that mindset? That actually, why sleep is so important, and you know the fact that you, if you do get good, healthy sleep, and there's one thing, not everyone knows what good, healthy sleep means. Mm. You know, we we talk about sort of you know falling into you know that, that deep sleep, and you know there's different elements of it. You know, but all these wearable devices now that tell us different elements of sleep. How important is to sleep good, healthy sleep? What's the definition of good, healthy sleep, and Why is that important?
1: Mm, Good question. Right. What's the definition of good, healthy sleep? It's the type of sleep that allows you to wake up the next morning and feel refreshed and ready to start your day. And then throughout the day, you've got the energy to do the things you you have to do, you want to do. Right. And you know, surely having a cup of coffee, absolutely fine. But um, you don't need five or, or 10 cups of coffee. You know, you might feel a little bit tired around lunchtime, which is completely normal as part of your circadian rhythm, your alertness dips at lunchtime. But overall, you wake up, you feel like, yeah, I'm, I'm ready. Right? And then that carries on throughout the day. That's the sleep. That's healthy. And that can, how much that is as and how many hours... That can vary from person to person. We say a healthy adult needs needs between seven and nine hours. Right? That's already a two-hour window. Yeah. Um, you know, there are some people who may need a bit more, some may need a bit less, but that's a small percentage of the population. The most of us fall within seven and nine hours.
0: Yeah. So let's um, say then you are someone. Sorry, you were going to say something, sorry.
1: Yeah, no, it was just around timing. And that's the other part right some people they go to sleep early wake up early other them late the rest fall somewhere in the middle and again it's about finding out how much sleep do I need and what's my sleep window right what are my times and then sleeping within that time
0: so I want to come back to that and especially more so in terms of simple habits that an individual can create to get healthy sleep to have to create a healthy sleep pattern because I think that point you mentioned about making a note of, you know, waking up in the morning and actually had a great night's sleep. So sometimes we don't consciously make a note of that. And, and creating that that journal, so to speak, of good, healthy sleep can actually help you create that pattern of habit. But before we do that, now, lack of sleep for many, as you say, has uh, it, it has a number of impacts on, on our health, but also there are triggers that lead to lack of sleep. We know things like alcohol, having a late night, going out partying, you know, um, you know. We the, the the big thing I see right now is obviously, you know, people binging on Netflix till the middle of the night and thinking, okay, now I've got to go to sleep because it's one o'clock in the morning, go to a seven o'clock meeting or eight o'clock meeting, you know, all of those things we know. But really, all we think about is, I'm not going to get enough sleep. But then what is the impact, say, on... How does sleep affect our, how does it dysregulate our nervous system? How does it impact our cognitive processing? Now, I know myself that personally speaking, when I haven't had a good night's Mm. sleep, the next day, I actually feel like I've had a, you know, I'm hungover, And, you know, I actually have that feeling. I'm just completely disorientated. I, you know, I I can't string two words together. Um, Those are obviously signs. I know that I haven't had a good night's sleep or I have, I've had two nights of, interrupted sleep so to speak so you know but what are the long-term impacts on someone's health
1: Mm. so on the cognitive side right um the in our brain there are different areas you know and and for us to think to think clearly um they have to play nicely together um, and when deprived to feel its impact is the prefrontal cortex, so the area behind you. That's like your executive know, control center. It's most sensitive lack of sleep, or and that's what then finding it hard to kind of just put a sentence together, or just grasp the information that's being presented, you know, at me, and then also to make sound decisions you know we become more impulsive mm-hmm. after a poor night we are more likely to take risks um again in the globe in the current sort of global climate you know risk taking well you know there's a lot there's a lot going on um but it also impacts on your mood so what's happening is that the very simplistically the thinking center prefrontal cortex behind your forehead and the limbic system which is more around our emotional regulation um they become let's say disconnected or the connection isn't as strong as it should be and the effect then is or the consequence is that our emotions become dysregulated so this sense of feeling um feeling low anxious but also aggressive you know grumpy snapping at someone a loved one in particular but also colleagues at work or strangers (laughs) all of that can happen you know much more quickly and if that happens once you know that's no problem. But if that happens again and again, the other people, the well-rested people, they say, hang on, you know, I'm not gonna hang out with him anymore. I don't wanna work with him. Mm. You know, he's way too grumpy. Yeah. And what that then can give rise to is loneliness, right? And we know loneliness itself is associated with a lot of mental health and physical health issues. And that's my final point here is the physical health. Um that's also taking a toll after a poor, poor night, and we already see markers changing after one poor or short night. Again, the body can recover this, but if this happens repeatedly, right, we see an increased risk of cardiovascular diseases, obesity, diabetes, certain cancers. Uh, there might also be an increased risk of of dementia. Certainly, you know, mental health and and cognitive um, sort of brain brain um, health problems. All of that, you know, that risk goes up and. For me, that's something, you know, that's modifiable. You can do something about your sleep. You know, you can't control sleep, but there's a lot you can do to at least enable your body to get a good night's sleep. Mm. And I think that's what we should do.
0: Now I read that, I mean, you you actually um, had the awareness of the importance of sleep at a very young age. I think it was 16, 17 is when you, or is it earlier than that? When you suddenly realized how important sleep is to your life. I mean, is that what paved the pathway for you to 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 where you are today or was it more of an awareness that wow you know Mm -hmm. I'm seeing such a great impact on on good sleep for me or if it was bad sleep I mean what what was that trigger for you?
1: Yeah so there there are two actually so one is um that I grew up on the farm in, in the countryside right, and uh really lots of fields around us and we we had an army base where they've fly helicopters so they train you know the the pilots and they need to fly or train in the day and at night and that noise is pretty loud because it goes directly over the roof of the house but for me I I happily fall asleep and should I wake up to use the bathroom and I hear that sound I'm like oh yeah fantastic great you know get back into bed and I (laughs) sleep and fine Um, whereas for my dad who is really one of the happiest friendliest people i know because he can very much do what he enjoys doing you know work work the land um for him helicopters at night that's it right that's not going to be good so uh, he doesn't sleep very well but interestingly he goes to bed already thinking i won't sleep right and so Ah. he he doesn't um and then next day exactly the mindset right he is entirely different person he's so grumpy (laughs) because he hasn't slept and you know his prophecy has has come true and all of that and and that was the first time I realized wow sleep really plays a role on your mood and sleep can be so different for for two people and then the second thing that was for me very important is somewhat similar uh, is when i was working in south africa um with with meerkats so meerkats so completely different different area <laughs> um and again seeing the impact lack of sleep or rather short sleep and summertime short sleep had on the mood on on some people um and that's when i felt like you know there's really something yeah this this intrigued me um in addition to the body clock and circadian rhythms, so that, you no know, Timing system, there was also this. Okay, I want to know more about sleep and how that all works together.
0: Yeah. So so you mentioned body clock then. You also mentioned the fact that um, your dad would almost condition himself that he's not going to go to sleep. Now, are those two related? Because I know that there are times where uh, deliberately I would go to sleep early because I know I've got an early start in the morning. Typically, it tends to be, you know, I have made the fatal mistake and booked everyone to take the 7 a.m. flight. To wherever. So everyone has to get up at four in the morning or three in the morning. And we all do, funnily enough. But on any given day, trying to get my kids up at three is, you know, it's like trying to get blood out of stone. That, yeah. that must be the body clock we've conditioned ourselves. How can we? So, why is it that we can condition ourselves to wake up for that flight in the morning, but we can't get ourselves to do that every day? to get up yeah. at six or whenever that we need to get up so we can start the day. What? Why is that? Is that again down to self-conditioning?
1: And to some degree, there will be the, you know, the excitement, the adrenaline in the cortisol, something very similar to what you can see with children around Christmas, right? Yeah. Christmas day, they, they wake up super early if they slept at all, <laughs> right? Because there's something exciting happening. Um, and in that sense, excitement and anxiety they're actually physiologically very, very similar. It's an arousal in the system, right? We just label them in different ways. Again, mindset thing. Um, We label them in different ways. One, we enjoy feeling. The other, we really avoid feeling. But physiologically, it's an arousal. There's a vigilance. There's an attention, right? Something is about to happen. We're waiting, we're anticipating. Um, And so, you know, when you go this early morning flight, uh, my hunch is you probably you will have some deep sleep, but maybe not not much. And there mm. is a part of of you that's kind of waiting, you know, w- when is it? When is it? When is the alarm yeah. going off? And then one little bit alarm and bang, you're all there. Yeah. Because exciting thing is. You about wake up at two,
0: you wake up at half two, you wake up at three you know I might as well just get up now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Exactly. But
0: then, but then the flip side must happen with situations that create fear and anxiety. I I, I know that, you know. Yeah, you know, the last three years have impacted, as I mentioned earlier, it's impacted people in so many ways, you know, you know, um, a lot of that people are still keeping within them. And that in itself, that fear, that element of um, will it happen again, must have an impact on people's sleep as well. Going to sleep with that mindset every day. You're not, I mean, you, 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 your brain is probably still focused on that specific element, right? And that yeah. must have a massive impact on sleep as well.
1: Yeah, it does. And there, the person isn't actually in the present moment. The person is looking back to the past. What have we experienced, right? And that was horrendous. Um, And then looking, okay, what if that happened again? Yeah. So jump into the future. And our mind, you know, our mind is a problem-solving machine, and it has evolved to ensure that we survive, right? Survival and reproduction are the two main tasks. And so in that sense there, it's all about Survival. The best way to survive is if I can minimize risk. So, for that, I have to anticipate it. And that then gets us into predicting, right? Predicting what might happen based on the past. Mm. Again, we're ignoring what's going on in the present moment, unfortunately. Um, And so, the mind creates these virtual scenarios of what might happen, typically very bleak because we have a negativity bias. Again, it serves our survival or certainly that of our ancestors. Not so sure if it's fit for purpose in this modern world. But when we basically, when we then get hooked in these predictions our mind is making about the future, um, well, what we think about has an immediate impact on our body. Mm. So whatever we think about, if I get you to think about your favorite dessert, your all-time favorite dessert, and then imagine here on my hand, I have a white plate and a spoon or a fork, whatever you might need. And it's on there. Right. And it has the right temperature, the right smell, the right consistency. You can just see it's exactly how now. you love it. <laughs> well, there you go. Right. Um, now, this is a lovely feeling, by the way. We could have taken something else, you know, and yeah. comfortable. But my point is what you clearly I don't have this on my hand, by the way, for anyone who's listening. Um, you just thinking about it. And there's yeah. a response in the body. And it's the same. When the mind is making these predictions, we get hooked in them. So we lose touch with the present moment. Then the body follows, right? And we get yeah. the anxiety, we get the arousal.
0: So how and can we system. then so, so how can we then it's an interesting you say that because in in essence, you know, um, you know, you you've kind of got this sort of you know, you've got to always weigh up the scales about you know how do I manage my excitement and how do I manage fear and 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 mm-hmm. um, you know taking experiences from the past and you know which as a result impacts my self belief. We start to become more sort of you know, start to bring self sabotage statements into our mind. Um, how do we find that fine balance mm-hmm. so as to get sleep? Now I I know people say you know okay you know turn off your phones great you know don't watch netflix read a book ideally a book made out of paper not a device because it's still the blue screen yeah. right um and uh, you know or meditate or or do something that that kind of brings you into that that state of calm but there's still that niggling thought in the back of my mind what habits do you think that that or would you guide someone uh to to create uh, um, a healthy sleeping habit and that would, that would vary, right? Because lifestyle is, is a thing. Okay. So those that may create a healthy habit Monday to Thursday and, and Friday, well, now Thursday is a new Friday. So, you know, it's the Sunday to Thursday and Thursday, Friday, Saturdays, let's go out and party. But, you know, even managing that as well, what would be the, what suggestions would you give to someone that came to you and said, I want to create a healthy sleeping habit. I've got this in my life. I've got that in my life and I work this and I've got kids and what have you. And, how would you guide someone like that?
1: Yeah, you said the right thing. Actually, you know, everyone is a little bit different. Um, so for me, there are almost no rules, mm. uh, because I I don't believe in in rules. Um, a they can't apply to everyone because we are too different. And rules mean if you apply them rigidly without looking what's actually going on, um, you know, they probably are more har- harmful than than helpful. So for me, it's about healthy habits. And these habits, I can adapt, you know, there is within the range, I can adapt them, you know, if I do want to go out, that probably means I'll go to bed later. And mm. if I do that once, you know, it could also happen twice, right? Okay, so, you know, then I make sure that the days before the days after, I can go to bed on my at my normal bedtime, or maybe even a bit earlier. So it's kind of looking, you know, looking at that. Um, and, and then the other big part for me is really figuring out what matters to you what is of value what what brings you joy doing what or 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 how you do something what gives you a sense of joy and fulfillment Hmm. um and so with that this kind of when you go to bed kind of knowing i've done something for myself i feel fulfilled no matter whether you've got the anxiety or the um, excitement sort of currently going, right? When you can connect to, I've done something for myself, something that matters, that's important, then your body and your mind can go, yeah, we've done yeah. something, tick, right? We can now let go of the day. I think that's that's really the the important part is is finding out, yeah, what matters. And I see this more and more with this um thing called uh bedtime procrastination right where a lot of people sort of push back their bedtime not because of work um you know but they just push it back because there's this sense well you know i I want some time for myself i'm owed this i've been doing work whatever it is all day long and now i want something for me yeah um and that makes sense. We we all need a bit of me time. You know, I mm. hear it a lot from, from, from parents, for example. And I completely understand that. So then we have to see, you know, in creative ways often. Um, okay, so how can we do this? You know, or if you have a busy job, currently high, high workload. Okay, so how can we do it? That there is a sense of, and I have done something for myself, without pushing back bedtime by, you know, two hours. Um, that's... That's really what we what we look at.
0: That's amazing. I, I like the way you've articulated that in terms of the and, and people shy away from rigidity and rules, especially like, you know, with you know uh you know, people are working from home, there's hybrid working, there are some people that have gone back to the old way of working, working in an office, and and some say, Well, I don't get home till eight o'clock, and 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 you know, the, the the sense of actually embodying more rules and breaking and putting that regulation that in itself can create anxiety and then people will stay away from that. I love the way you you've articulated making it more fluid is just small changes, small little impacts that you can create. Me time is massive. Everyone wants me time and everyone says they're not enough hours in the day. And, you know, well, it was 24 hours in the day, really. So if you can find seven to nine hours to get good sleep. There's me time in those two hours, effectively, which you can spend um, reading or meditating or going to the gym, whatever it may be. I do like that. I think for, for, for many, I think they, they will, they will align to that because it's the rules. It's the, you know, having to follow a step-by-step. We do that during the day with work. We have our task tasks, exactly. we have the to-do lists and, you know, having to step away from that to give our mind, just time to rest and relax is important and how important do you think also is nutrition and sleep and i'm i'm going to be talking to an old friend of mine Colette henigan uh, in a couple of weeks um, but i'd like to hear from you as a as a uh, from from your expert view how important does nutrition also contribute to a healthy sleep
1: mm. so nutrition is super important for general health right physical health but also mental health so that that's really important it's important for sleep yet not in the sense you eat this super food I like to say banana right yeah. and then you'll sleep uh, there is no magic wand for sleeping well or or fixing insomnia having said that a healthy diet and it looks like that the mediterranean diet so where there's a lot of plants um you know there is also meat, meat in there but it's lean um, so high protein as well, um, that, that is beneficial for sleep. It also contains carbohydrates. So carb, carbs are good for sleep, not, you know, the sugary things. It's the slow release. The healthy carbs. Um, for example. Yeah. Exactly, right? That That's, that's what you want. You want fiber um, in there as well. You know, so that all matters, absolutely. Um, and then the other part of nutrition is when we eat. So right. earlier on, I mentioned the sleeping window, right? Which is different for everyone. Um, and then sort of, as we have a sleep window, we have an eating window. That eating window falls within our activity window, right? With a sleep window on the other side, we're active. And that is typically when the sun's up. That's how our ancestors evolved, right? They yeah. would eat when there was sunshine. Um, and they would eat, well, they would wake up and they probably wouldn't eat immediately maybe mm. some berries, but not nothing substantial because, you know, there was no fridge to keep mm. it. Yeah. Um, so they would maybe eat a little bit later. Um, and similarly in the evening, they would eat relatively early, right? Because they had no electric lighting. So when the sun went, um, at some point, sure, there was a bit of fire, but, you know, not not a lot of light. So, you know, again, for eating, not ideal. So what it looks like, is that maybe having an eating window of no more than 12 hours maybe even 10 some people can get it down to eight very impressive i i've not managed this um but certainly no longer than 12 uh can be supportive for a sleep and also that means then eating your dinner a little bit earlier mm. three four hours before you before you go to bed if you can do it even earlier than that maybe that's even better but not quite sort of we don't know yet there's lots of studies yeah. that are looking into this into sleep but also losing weight right which is again important for for a lot of people and yeah. for health generally so um yeah it's a really interesting interesting area of research where we need a bit more data
0: yeah okay no, this this has been extremely informative for me i mean as i mentioned to you earlier before that you know over the last sort of 18 to 24 months i've had my own level of disruption in, in personal and professional life that I know has impacted my sleep, and I did turn to one of your uh, the the article that that you wrote, which talked about how you know it's important you know that when you when you're embodying negative emotions and negative feelings is actually taking that step away, especially especially the, the analogy you used about looking back and bringing that into our today. And then assuming that actually that will pave the way for the future as well. I, mean, I think that that's for everything in life, regardless of what's happened over the last three years, even, you know, in terms of relationships, you know, financial status of individuals, what's happened then, we carry that, we carry those paradigms with us. And something that, that I took away was that, that, and from what you said, that was then, this is now, and tomorrow hasn't happened so worrying about tomorrow is going to impact your sleep today so focus but you've forgotten about today and how grateful the day is and how thankful you are for being here and and I you know I I what I do is um I look at my gratitude journals I've been doing a gratitude journal for the last seven years I was I was uh influenced by Bob Proctor late God rest his soul um but when I feel those moments of anxiety, overwhelm, and even excitement. We talked about how in my Mm -hmm. current role, I get so excited for the next day. Sometimes I find that disrupts my sleep. I look at my gratitude journal at the end of the day, and it really just kind of, you know, it, it kind of diffuses, the boil just comes down a little bit. But I've noticed I don't do that consistently. The days I do do that, I do have, I get up in the morning feeling a lot more refreshed rather than I could just want to stay in bed for another two hours. <laughs>
1: yeah, wow. Wow, that's powerful. That's really powerful. To, to connect with your, yeah, what, you, what you're what grateful for, right? What you've experienced, what you've achieved, learned from other people. I mean, millions of things probably, but with that connecting, with that, yeah, being grateful, Um, for me, that speaks again to this meaning, you know, feeling fulfilled. Um, and then there is also research, albeit sm- small, um, that looks at experiencing positive emotions during the day and how that can have a positive impact on our sleep. I mean, it's, it's in a way not surprising, but, you know, again, we we always need some sort of solid research to kind of yeah. really show it. Um, and, and that kind of goes into that, right? Because the way you then wake up, as you just said, you wake up feeling good. Yeah. Right And ready for the day and ready to engage again in the things that you enjoy, meaning things you will be grateful for come the coming night. And that's, you know, totally the, the virtuous circle um, yeah. that you just described there.
0: Yeah. But then there are times where I find myself sometimes fighting sleep and I know that's a bad thing. Because our body is the best messenger and guide of all, right? I think, you know, uh, I'd love to know your thoughts on fighting sleep. I know so many people that do that in my circle. I know too many people that do that. And and I'd love for you to kind of share your thoughts on why that's not great. I know that I feel bad the, the next day when I put that, but that's yeah. mainly because I've got a deadline to meet or I need to get this out of the way or, you know, uh, I've, I've got to get it done and then pack for the holiday the next day, which in itself, both excitement and fighting sleep, don't go well hand in hand, I mean, how, how does that, you know, if we continue that long-term fighting sleep, that's going to have a detrimental effect mm. on our health.
1: Yeah, you mean, sleep is a basic human need. If you take uh, Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right, at, at the bottom are the basic needs, basic as in fundamental, not irrelevant, quite the opposite. These are the fundamental needs, and sleep is in there. You yeah. Know? There's also, you know, food, drinking, and so on and so forth. Um and that's what that pyramid is is built on. Right? So foundation. if you I don't fulfill, that. yeah, right. So if you don't fulfill that, all the rest, including your self actualization, will crumble over time. It won't happen within one night, right? And it varies for different people because some people they can deal with lack of sleep, um, not better, but it doesn't affect them immediately, and. Hmm. Um, But within a certain time, you know, we we all feel the effects of lack of sleep. There is something, again, sort of a bit sort of nasty, though. I was mentioning at the beginning that the lack of sleep impacts on the brain, how the brain functions and the prefrontal cortex, right, executive center. Um, And so what happens is when we don't get enough sleep for a number of nights, because the brain's um, ability of, you know, assessing a situation is also impaired the brain doesn't notice how tired we are or how poor our performance really is. Yes. Right? Because exactly that organ that we need to make the assessment, well, that's the one that's that's got a problem here. Um. So what this means is we are really poor judges of our own tiredness or performance impairment yeah. due to lack of sleep. Yeah. Right? And I find that sort of a, yeah, nasty that's little thing. That's interesting. Pill, which... Yeah. So, knowing that, and also knowing how how you are behave, speak, work, whatsoever, when you are tired, you know, learning to read the signs. Again, you said a moment ago, you know, the body, the body knows. Hmm. Um, if we can pay better attention to our body, then we can see the signs, even if we may not feel it. Right? Assessment center hasn't hasn't really, it. <laughs> but we we can. We can be like, ah, oh, hang on. I've been really grumpy here. You know, mm. that's not usually how I am. Let me just oh yeah, actually, yeah, I've had a few poor nights. I had this deadline. So maybe it didn't get the good sleep. Okay, right. How can I get back to giving my body what it needs?
0: Wow. Some major takeaways in there. I will be listening once again and I'll be taking notes for sure. Kat, that was brilliant. I mean, I I love that because you you you've you've very simply articulated everyday life and how it impacts our sleep and the fact that you know and especially at the end talking about maslow's hierarchy of needs that it is we do negate the bottom we always think the top two triangles right. of maslow's hierarchy of needs are more important but actually they are non-existent they they have no no value unless we focus on the basics the foundations um yeah. and the foundation needs to be strong in order to feed the upper four
1: yeah yeah exactly that's brilliant
0: oh wow I thank you so much Kat that was that was brilliant that was brilliant I hope that anyone listening is definitely going to take this take some notes because I think sleep is is something that I know I will be as I said and uh, um, (laughs) sleep is something that that uh, um, we say sleep eludes everyone but you know um, I think the important thing is that sleep is we've articulated it's an important part of our life it's an important part of our well-being helps us in in both our personal and professional lives and as a result it's uh it's integral to good healthy living thank you so much Kat that was brilliant absolute pleasure
1: thank you for inviting me thank you for having me
0: that was brilliant thank you for joining today's episode if you'd like to contact me then you can message me and follow me on instagram at vcasaurora1 so until we meet again And as always, I hope you truly have an abundant day and I will see you soon on Conscious Conversations.